Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the Thursday edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to welcome you all and thank you for joining me. It is a pleasure to have you. If you could just take one moment and head over to the Apple Podcast Store and just go ahead and give us a five-star review, that would be awesome. We really appreciate our listeners, and I know that a lot of you find a lot of value in the content that we provide on a weekly basis. Just giving us a five-star review would help us in our uh, podcast rankings, and we just appreciate your support. If you want to do a little extra, you can go ahead and leave a written review. We love reading them. you got some great suggestions and just appreciate the fact that you guys enjoy the content. Now, today we have a ton of news to get through, a lot of stuff going on in Alaska. But first, before we get into the statewide and local news, I just want to let you know that Must Read Alaska has some exciting news to share as well. Now, a couple months ago, we launched our Android version of the Must Read Alaska app. And this week, we are proud to announce that the Must Read Alaska app is now available for Apple devices in the Apple App Store. Now, this was a lot of hard work and a lot of it run by our Vice President of Business Development, John Quick. He did a fantastic job getting this project up and running. And now it is available for all of our readers and listeners to download on both the Android and Apple devices. Again, I just want to thank John. He did a fantastic job, and this was a lot of effort to get done. So it is really exciting for Must Read Alaska. We're kind of launching into new areas of content development. We're in new areas of content reach, and John Quick did a fantastic job at making this vision become a reality. So I want to encourage you right now, hit pause. Do not wait. Head over to the Apple App Store and download the Must Read Alaska uh, podcast as well, but also download the Must Read Alaska app. It is incredible. I had a couple of days where I got to play with it and see what it was like prior to the launch, and it is really, really fantastic. And we'll be keep adding more content on there. You're going to get the same content you'd get on the website now right on your home screen, on your device. So really excited about that. But uh, let's break into some some interesting news. First of all, I want to give you a little tidbit. Maybe you didn't know this, that Homer, Alaska, is going to reinstate the plastic bag ban January 1st, 2021. Now, listen, some people may be really excited about that because that means maybe there's a return to normalcy after 2020. However, this is astounding because since September 15th of 2020, the city council actually reversed the ordinance because of COVID. Now, ostensibly, COVID is not going away anytime soon, but listen, we've got to save that plastic. We've got to, we've got to make sure that our environment is ahead of anything else. So they are going to reinstitute a bag ban. And, and I'm curious uh, for those listeners in Homer, what you really think about that. Not quite sure that's really the best thing that people should be focusing on right now, uh, particularly you know, with the state's economic condition and a lot of different um, 
towns and cities are enacting various types of uh, shutdowns and, and lockdowns, or as Anchorage likes to call it, hunker downs. Sounds a lot nicer, but really just as devastating. So reinstating a bag ban January 1st, I'm not sure what that really does for Homer other than just creating an inconvenience for a lot of people. I think when, when the bag ban happened in Anchorage, the plastic bag ban, a lot of people just felt really inconvenienced. And it was it was sort of one of those things where you're like, this came out of left field. Why exactly are we really focusing all our efforts on plastic bags as opposed to a lot of things that seem to be happening and, and affecting more people on a daily basis in a, in a much more difficult or negative uh, turn? And that would be homelessness, crime. Uh, th- those are just two that n- come right off the top of my head. And yet we're focusing on a plastic bag ban. And I think that's what we're going to find here as as we continue on down this path with this assembly and with other uh, city councils around the state is my concern is that we're focusing on the wrong thing. And as we kind of go through these storylines here today, you're going to see a, a really a central theme is we're really focusing on the wrong thing. We're, we're trying to, in my opinion, what we're trying to do is create cheap political wins outside of what we really should be looking at, which is how to provide Alaskan families and Alaskans uh, an economic pathway to recovery. And I don't see that right now. And so I just thought it was interesting that Homer is going to uh, reinstate a uh, plastic bag ban starting the first of the new year. Very interesting. Uh, Let's shift to some really heartbreaking news out of Haynes. Haynes has experiencing today some massive flooding from torrential downpours and what they're seeing right now in Haynes is roads are being washed away there's massive sinkholes and and just recently uh early this afternoon at about just shy of two o'clock I think it was 150 uh there was a major landslide on Battery Hill in Haynes uh it destroyed a house and right now as we as we sit and as we record this podcast there are six people missing in Haines right now, and that's due to these landslides. And so there's there's a search and rescue effort underway. Uh, it's being coordinated. They've got uh, various uh, agencies out there looking for these individuals. I mean, they've got Alaska Wildlife Troopers that are based out of Juneau. They've got Alaska State Troopers. They've got the Juneau Mountain Rescue Sea uh, Dogs and the Cap- uh, Capital City Fire Department will be departing tomorrow morning to help in the effort. Uh, with with the winds and haze, it's been really difficult to get any kind of aerial search and rescue up there. But the hope is is that they're able to uh, get out there, find those six people, and, and and bring them down into safety and, and away from uh, what has been a catastrophe in Haines with these with this rain and this torrential downpour. So, uh, you know, we just want to keep. Those in Haines and our thoughts and prayers, it is, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. We hope that everybody has an opportunity to find a warm, uh, clean, and safe place to stay tonight. I know there was a lot of evacuations due to uh, to this these rains and this torrential downpour that's going on. So we just hope that uh, people in Haines are, are okay and that those six people that right now are missing, and, and to this moment, I do not know if they've been found. But those six people are, are doing okay. And it really, again, brings to the point that Alaskans are resilient. They're tough people. And uh, it, it really brings out the light that uh, together we need to come together as a, as a state. And, and particularly for Haynes as a community. And, and, 
and give them all the effort they can in this time. I mean, we're dealing with COVID and whatnot, but man, that's, uh, you know, our heart and our prayers are out to those in Haynes and, and uh, hopefully everybody turns out safe and sound and, and is able to get um, the shelter they need in this time. So uh, we'll give you any updates on what's going on in Haynes as we get them. Uh, if you want to keep tuning in to the Must Read Alaska website at mustreadalaska.com or our Facebook page, we'll make sure that anytime uh, we get any updates on what's going on in Haynes that we let you know immediately. Uh, let's transition to the Anchorage mayor race. Uh, very interesting thing happened this week. Eric Croft dropped out of the race. And number one, I'm not sure he was he was he was a player. I don't know how major of a player he was, but what really is interesting was his his rationale for dropping out of the race, which is an interesting perspective, and I think one that's actually pretty smart. Uh, essentially, he dropped out of the race because he looked at the landscape of candidates right now and realized one thing: that him being in the race is going to take votes away from let's just the democratic side and create a problem for, for the left. What is essentially happening? He wrote in here, as I look around the crowded field of candidates running alongside me, I fear that we are losing sight of the end goal. I fear that we are setting ourselves up to fight the wrong fight today, only to lose the fight that really matters tomorrow. There are five reasonable forward thinking candidates running for mayor. This, this is what he said in his, his, uh, resignation state, resignation statement. Uh, but likely he was probably talking about two individuals in particular, and that's Forrest Dunbar and Bill Falsey. Uh, those two are, are what he, he would say are moderate. Um, and maybe, maybe Bill Evans, not quite sure, but Bill Evans is probably as centrist as you can be in this race. Uh, right now, when you look at all of the candidates, Bill Evans is probably, you know, right in the middle of what's going on. But then he goes on. He goes on to say, whoever makes it to the runoff will likely be broke or close to it by that time. So talking about, you know, campaign contributions and how much money they're going to be able to to uh, raise. This is a recipe for disaster. And he goes on and he says, it sets the stage to elect one of two extreme and inexperienced right-wing candidates who will take Anchorage backwards. And we all know who he's talking about there. He's talking about conservative... Dave Bronson, and Mike Robbins. Um, those are the conservative candidates that seem to be actually, if we're being honest in this, their likability and the traction that they're getting right now, it's early, I know it's December, but you can kind of see that a lot of Anchorage is moving towards those two candidates right now. And when I say that, it's because of a lot of the moves and the and the, the policies that are being enacted right now in the assembly and acting mayor, uh, Austin Quid Davidson, there, there is a move towards more of a conservative candidate right now. And Hey, Croft sees that he sees what's going on right now. And, and really it might end up saving, uh, the, the election for let's, I mean, the democratic party, left wing party right now. And, and he ends it with this, which is a really interesting quote. He says, I'm convinced that none of the uh, these other candidates will withdraw from the race. I'm also convinced that if no one does, we will be making a dangerous mistake. 
We must start with the end goal in mind. It is for that reason that I'm making a tough decision to withdraw as a candidate for mayor in 2021. Uh, Listen, he's not wrong. And we may not like that he's catching on, but he's not wrong. Force Dunbar and Falsi are not going to withdraw. They are going to go head to head. It's going to split votes within the left wing Democratic uh, constituency here in Anchorage which leaves a pathway for that conservative candidate to really rise up. And so here's what my, here's what I see. I see this. There is a there is a real need for the conservative candidates to take exactly what Croft is saying here to heart on their side. We have a the the conservative side of this has a real shot at winning in 2021 for for the Anchorage mayoral race. They, there's a real shot. There's a lot of momentum against the assembly, which is overwhelmingly left-leaning and democratic. Obviously, with Berkowitz and now acting mayor Quinn Davidson, very left-leaning, very democratic. There is a natural reaction against that. And who can benefit from that? But the conservatives right now in the race. And right now, the two biggest that are leading the way are Dave Bronson, for sure, and Mike Robbins. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens here if if Robbins and Bronson get together and, and have a conversation about what's going to happen in terms of that side of the political spectrum. Are they going to uh, both go into the race in 2021 and just say, hey, we'll just see if the best man wins? Or is there more of a strategic route both men can take in this? And I don't know. Listen, Croft leaving this race really opens it up for both Dunbar and for Falsy right now. But Dunbar and Falsy, I think they're... I think if you're looking at them as candidates, Falsy is a way better candidate in terms of his uh, resume, his experience, for that t- side. I mean, if I'm looking at it as a Democrat, I'm going with... I'm definitely going with Falsy. Falsy has a much better resume than Forrest does. So, I mean, if Falsy doesn't back down, which I don't think he will... And Dunbar doesn't back down. Now you got a problem if you're on if you're on the left. I would hope that conservatives would take that and look at that and see what what they can do to help nod themselves ahead and get that nomination that that win. I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if if Bronson and Robbins have already talked. Um, I, I think it's something that they should be doing, and and figuring out strategically how best they can win in 2021. And and really it doesn't stop there. You look at 2022 and the assembly seats are going to be up. Those are going to be important because the mayor just can't do it all by themselves. They need to have an assembly that's going to be that's going to play ball. And right now, if they elect a conservative, the assembly's not going to play ball. It's really not. Uh overwhelmingly left-leaning democratic assembly. And so you know right away they're going to strip executive powers if that's still in play. They're going to regain uh, policy making, and they're going to push out and try to squeeze out a conservative mayor. So it's really important that if if a conservative mayor does get seated and win in 2021, that the following year, when you have, I don't know, I believe two or three seats, maybe more, up in the assembly, that that's a big switch for conservatives if you want to see any policy enacted 
in Anchorage. And and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if you can hold the momentum of distrust and disdain for both the assembly and uh, the mayor's administration for that long. I don't know if, if that can be a storyline for that long. It's difficult. It's going to be difficult. I mean, right now people are feeling the pain. Are they going to be feeling the pain in 2022 uh, the same way they are now? I'm sure they're going to feel something because I don't think this economic crisis is going anywhere anytime soon. But are they going to feel it like they do right now? Is it going to be as fresh? So it's important that in 2021, the mayoral race in Anchorage, um, you know, it are, is the conservative side going to look at it with the same lens as Eric Croft did? That's a good question. I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But, but I think it's very interesting. It's very interesting. But again, I don't know if Croft was as big as a um, a hitter as as Dunbar and or Falsey really is. So he probably looked at it too and went, "Listen, I don't have a chance at all. This and and I certainly the 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 party doesn't have a chance if all three of us are in this." So he looked at it and backed away. It'll be interesting to see moving down. But another interesting aspect of what's going on right now in Anchorage is. What's going on with these closures and this hunker down process right now? As many of you know, the acting mayor, Austin Quinn Davidson, uh, really essentially locked down Anchorage and and more specifically the businesses, uh, restaurants, um, really limiting a lot of other uh, businesses in Anchorage to percentages. I mean, can you really survive in a gym when you can only have 25% of your occupancy there. I, I highly doubt it. And not only that, but you're talking about a lot of variables that you can't even control. So again, essentially this has been an economic disaster uh, and and will kill a lot of the economy based on what has been enacted. But again, this assembly is, is uh, as we talked about last week, is shifting blame. I'm sorry, as we talked about on Sunday, the, the special edition, they're, they're shifting blame right now, and they're saying that the federal government needs to step in and give more money, give more money, and it's it's not policy, it's the fact we don't have enough money, and as we've gone over, there's, there's a lot of money that was given to Anchorage that has been used, in my opinion, irresponsibly. It's been used irresponsibly. Do we need $3 million to create a brand new trail? Do we really need that? I mean, outdoor public lands program, $3 million bucks. Why? Do we really need, again, this is all just kind of what we're what we're looking at in terms of how it was broken down uh, by the assembly itself, but do we really need uh, to be buying property to house homeless and provide homeless services when when it's the fact that that money could be used to help Really, the the community at large, with families and in and Anchorage residents who are who are no longer either furloughed or or have been fired or let go from their job because there is no economy anymore, is, is that is is this really what we should be doing? I mean, that's the question that a lot of people need to be having. And so, <clears throat> Governor Dunleavy just released the remaining uh, $20 million in federal CARES Act funding for the municipality of Anchorage. 
and Dunleavy really makes a an interesting comment here. I, I really want to read this, but the idea is is that the funds can be distributed to businesses in Anchorage uh, since the acting mayor decided to do this new you know emergency order uh, that took effect on Tuesday. And and Dunleavy says this. Anchorage businesses, particularly the hospitality industry, are about to enter an exceptionally difficult time that will trigger an overwhelming need for financial relief to meet payroll and keep the doors open during the holiday season. And then he goes on, he, he makes a plea to the acting mayor. He says, I respectfully encourage the members of the Anchorage Assembly and acting mayor Quinn Davidson to take this opportunity to use CARES Act funds for their highest and best purpose. Highest and best purpose. Doesn't get any more straightforward than that. Does not get any more straightforward than that. But are we doing that? And the answer is no. The answer is no. We're not doing that. So we released the $20 million and hope that it gets into the hands of businesses here in Anchorage. And the reality is that if we were to answer that question by Dunleavy, or if we were to answer whether or not that was going to happen by this assembly and this acting mayor, the answer is no. Listen, they have $22 million sitting right now that they have designated to buy buildings for homeless and homeless services, as opposed to using that money to actually give to businesses, families, those in need right now. And so I don't really think the acting mayor, I don't think the assembly are really getting outside of what they believe is right in their own mind. And that to me is a problem. That to me is not just a problem, but it also seems to be a basis of a common thread throughout everything that's been going on since COVID hit, is that the Anchorage Assembly and the mayor, whether it was Ethan Berkowitz or now the acting mayor, which is Quinn Davidson, they, they don't seem to be in touch with what their constituents are going through right now. Instead, they seem to be in touch with what they think their virtue signaling and what they believe is the most important thing, which happens to be right now is the homeless population. And granted... We don't, Anchorage has a homeless problem and I get that, but taking $22 million and putting it towards programs and buying buildings is not going to get, you can't force homeless people to go into these buildings. You can't, it doesn't work. The Sullivan Arena was a great example of that. They could not force homeless people to use that building. Now, what do we have? What do we have is an assembly and an acting mayor that believe they know what's right and are so far out of touch with what the community needs, it's almost laughable right now. Anchorage citizens are hurting and all they can think about, all they know to do right now is to think about homeless people. And again, a noble, it's, it's, it's absolutely worth the cause. What I'm saying to you right now is that there are thousands of Anchorage citizens suffering right now because those that did have work now don't because this acting mayor decided to just shut everything down or minimize the ability for a business to keep operating hours by making ridiculous percentage of occupancies. It, it's, it's really a travesty right now. And I'm not sure what the disconnect with this assembly is. It's really amazing. And not only that, not only is it amazing, it's also very, very, very difficult for me to understand how 
this assembly continually disregards uh, the ability for the public's statements to affect anything they do. Essentially, it's just a dog and pony show until they have to be done with it, and then they vote the way they were going to anyways. It's amazing. And so, again, this tags into a lot of things. This tags into the you know 2021 uh, municipality race for mayor. Uh, this hopefully bleeds over into 2022 when we're we're talking about the the assembly seats that are going to be open. But again, my fear my fear is always people easily forget. Pain today is no gain tomorrow, and 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 to me, it it, it really as as the as the year goes on into 2021. I do not wish COVID and all the restrictions to be here, but I mean I do wish that the people of Anchorage would not forget what happened in 2020 and the effects of policy and the effects of providing a mayor and now an acting mayor with almost unlimited power to shut things down. You can't forget that. You can't forget that. Freedom, as I believe Reagan said, freedom is a generation away from being lost or forgotten. I probably should have known that quote, but the the sentiment holds true. It, it, it just takes one generation. It takes its very, very short window for things to change drastically. And, and we are seeing that right now in Anchorage, and it's, it's, it's really depressing. And not only that, but, man, the audacity of the acting mayor to then provide this voucher program that's going to be about a million dollars out of the CARES Act funds. It's limited to specific individuals, lower-income families, or... Uh, residents who who qualify uh man what a slap in the face we'll give you a voucher so you can get food and and diapers or or there's a a list of things you can actually get with this voucher but what a slap in the face how many alaskans would rather just be working than getting a voucher to buy groceries not to mention it's only one time it's a one-time voucher so it's not like this is something that's going to be a consistent thing throughout the month. It's not. It's a one-time voucher. So again, the assembly being so tone deaf to what's going on, thinking that they're actually being helpful when in fact it feels like a slap in the face. It's amazing to me. And so again, we'll watch on to this, see, see how this really works out. There's an entire process to fill out the application. You have to meet certain requirements. It's again, anything that has government involved is never easy. The bureaucracy, the red tape, all of that comes into play. And and this is just another example of that as well. And it, it's really disappointing. Yeah. Let, let's move away from that and, and go on to more of a an interesting development right now. Uh, a neighborhood group in District 27 is, is requesting a recount uh, of the House race. And this race was against, uh, which pitted Lance Pruitt against Liz Snyder. And Lance lost... By 13 votes. So it, the, the lead shrunk a little bit. I think when uh, we last posted about this, uh, Snyder won by, or was ahead at least by 16. And it turned out uh, she won by 13, uh, yeah, 13 votes. So they're asking the state of Alaska to do a recount. And, and really there's, there's a couple reasons. They believe that there were mistakes made during the initial count. 
So that's that's one of the reasons why they're asking for this this recount. The second reason, and I think one of the most compelling reasons for this, is the fact that there was a last minute. Well, there's last minute changes. There were last minute changes in polling locations in which the division of elections did not notify voters, and it caused massive confusion. It really did. It caused massive confusion. And when you change voting locations and you don't let voters know, not only does it cause confusion, but it, it then just creates apathy to go vote then. It's it's a deterrent because you don't know where to go and you've got to do a lot of research to find out where your voting uh, station is, where your voting location is. And it, it caused an uproar. And, and I'm not really sure why they did it. I, I, I still don't know why they did it. But Again, it, it, nonetheless, it caused not only confusion, but again, it causes, it creates a deterrent for people to vote. And so this group is is requesting a recount by the state. We'll see if it actually happens. The vote, the margin was so, it was razor thin, 13 votes. I mean, that is when you know every vote counts. So we'll, we'll continue to watch this, um, see if, if anything comes of it. I know that Lance had put out a statement, Lance Pruitt, saying, you know, uh, I appreciate the support my neighbors have continued to show over the years and that they show even now. The seat was never about myself, but about supporting the community and neighbors, hence the reason why the community has stepped up. It's important that everyone has been given the opportunity to not only vote, but that their voices are counted. So I don't know if that's something cryptic from Lance, saying that maybe there was some... Uh, some issues with with counts and, and maybe votes being thrown away. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's anything cryptic at all or if it's just the fact that he wants to make sure that every vote was counted, uh, particularly when there's only 13 vote difference between the winner and 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 the loser in this in this particular case. So we'll, we'll continue to, to watch out on that and see if anything comes of this request for, for a recount in the House District 27. But again, that was a hotly contested race. Uh, well over a half million dollars spent in that race. And the majority of that was by Liz Snyder. So uh, she spent a lot of money, tried to do a lot of things. Again, this is a this is a trickle-down effect of the Al Gross, um, at least Galvin ballot harvesters that were all over the place, uh, telling people that they, you know, for, scaring people to death about COVID, saying you don't want to go there, just just really kind of despicable stuff uh, to get people to vote um, by mail so that they can harvest their ballots, take them. They would, they, I mean, they promised them everything. So we don't really know how many votes. When you're playing that game, when you're playing the game that you know that was played by Al Gross and Elise Galvin, particularly bringing people up from the lower 48 to just canvas uh, neighborhoods to get people to to vote by mail and then saying, I'll pick them up and vote. I mean, that's just, that's a tough game. There, there is no, there's no integrity in that. So we'll see how this works out and, and hopefully everything is on the up and up and there's no issues there because you'd hate to see uh, some real uh, ugly stuff come out of this. Uh, again, with the election, with so many things going on in Alaska nationally with, with the voting and questions of integrity and, and all that, you know, We've got to be careful. And it also, it really brings to light uh, possible legislation about uh, ballot harvesting. You know, in Alaska, that's not illegal. So we really should be looking at that and making sure that we, we kind of sure up some of those holes in our, in our, in our laws and, 
and, and make sure that we have elections that are fair and and we don't have people um, meddling in things and, and possibly changing the outcome of, of various House, Senate, or you know federal elections, period. We don't want that to happen. So again, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this. Uh, and as we ride down a time here, I just want to let you know, again, we thank you, our, our Must Read Alaska listeners. We really appreciate that. We hope that the podcast continues to grow. It's been wonderful to see it over the last couple of months uh, grow in subscribers. I want to recommend right now, if you've listened this far, go to iTunes and subscribe to the to the actual podcast. Uh, that way that you don't have to wait. You can automatically download any uh, any of the new episodes that come out. But also, again, if if you're into social media, go on to Facebook at facebook.com slash mustreadalaska and give us a like. You can find a lot of great video content on our Must Read Alaska YouTube page, and that's at youtube.com slash mustreadalaska. But again, I just want to thank you. It's been a pleasure to continually do the Thursday edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. And if if you want to go ahead and shoot me... Um, you know, an email or, or go ahead and go into Must Read Alaska's Facebook page and send a message to me. Uh, I see those. I'd love to hear uh, how much, uh, you know, the content has meant to you or, or even hearing some of your ideas. We, we love hearing from you, the, the listener. So again, thank you so much for joining for, with me. We'll see you next week. Take care.